You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lacey Finley. Hello. Happy Monday. You'll notice I'm being a little tempered versus the last yes. week. I'm trying to be uh, fairly quiet. I don't want to be too quiet because everyone needs to hear me. But uh, I'm, I'm at my brother's house. I've done this before. Uh, but everyone's still kind of sleeping. So I don't want to disturb big, anyone. Big party last night. So mm-hmm. everybody's still... Enjoying their Saturday morning as they see fit. <laughs> That's right. He had a, a birthday party. It was it was pretty nice. Everybody yeah. just had a lot of fun. There was hot tub and uh, forty degree weather, which you know you'd be surprised. Hey, hey forty degrees sounds downright balmy. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't down for it, and then eventually someone was like, "Come on, come on, let's, come on," and I was like, "All right." And then that's where I stayed until I realized what time it was, and I was like, "I've got a podcast tomorrow. I got to get to bed." <laughs> That's what I was telling my last table who didn't want to leave last night. Do you know I have to get up in the morning? Could you just <laughs> not you? be at that table anymore? That'd be great. Yeah. Help it's me out. Like well, yeah. Three hours here, you know. It's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm being unreasonable, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> so, what have you been playing? So, uh, this week was a little light on uh, gaming, although I did try... As you guys know, I'm obsessed with Beat Saber, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But there was this one mod that I had seen um, some other streamers and stuff use that I wanted to just give a shot. Um, And so one of my lovely mods helped me out one day as I put it in there to send the commands to the game. And I don't think I can do it. (laughs) This mod um, has several different things that you can trigger in chat that from a viewer's perspective, looks insanely cool. It looks like the camera is actually like moving around the player. Sure. Um, but when in reality, it's the game moving around the player. And so the f- first one he triggered, I think, was called Spider-Man. And the game started to go up mm-hmm. and around and then lower and then I landed on my butt because <laughs> I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where I was standing in the room anymore. It was extremely disorienting, as were a couple of them, where it would just like all of a sudden my entire world's turning to the left. And so my body, I have to go to the left to try to slice the boxes, but not fall. And then it'll straighten up and then go to the right. And so as cool as it looks from a viewer's perspective, I don't think I have the stomach to be able to... um allow you to trigger these whenever the crap you feel like it (laughs) while I'm streaming. So, uh, or if I do, I'm going to have to delete a good portion of them out so I can only leave in the ones that's not going to hopefully cause me to vomit 
whilst I am doing this. Um, so that was an interesting experience. I have to say even about 20 minutes after I took the headset off and I only maybe did this for like four or five songs just so we could test to see what it did. I still felt very disoriented. Like I took the headset off and I'm just sitting here and like my head just felt like it was still kind of sloshing around. So hats off to those people that I see that just do it Mm. and like let them trigger it whenever and they roll with the punches and they do it so seamlessly that it just looks like, yep, I'm just that good. I can do this from any angle it's coming at. And I'm like, I talked to one of them. I'm like, good on you, man, because... I think this is getting deleted for my game. <laughs> well, there are people like, out there. They can do it. They're oh, well, I've watched them. Mm-hmm. Never once saw them, like, get frantic or, you know, anything. Like, they just they did it so smoothly. And so this gave me this false sense of confidence <laughs> that this was just going to be okay. <laughs> the first time he did it, I'm in the headset. I'm like, nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope. He said he wished he was uh, recording that first one because he was just looking at the screen and apparently, yeah. Uh, you just see my head starting to dip below camera level and then thump because <laughs> I didn't know where to go anymore. So I just laid on my back on the ground because I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Trust me, the rest of the world is wanting that video. I, he, we started laughing so hard. He's like, man, were we recording? And I'm like, no, I should have because I didn't even think about it so I could see what it looked like. And then he was just there to help. So he obviously didn't set up anything to record with because why would you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that one is lost forever just between him and I it's the mm. only memory we can hold uh, Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but outside of that um, another game that we'll actually just talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. so what have you been playing this week still Monster Hunter uh, oh, yeah? I'm obsessed still I've still got some stuff to do I've still got some monsters I need to progress with I have progressed my armor sets and my weapons oh, nice. so I'm getting better mm-hmm this is, I, I realized how much I had um, gone, I guess, improved. Uh, you know how you want to see mm-hmm. a harder monster you remember, and you were just like, I'm going to go back, I'm going to take this guy on now. Yeah. See what happens. Denergagante, which is like the face mm-hmm. of the game. Big spiky boy, as they call him. Yeah. And he's usually the one that would always give me the most grief because he'd just hop around, smack, 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 and you'd die before you knew it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, that was not the case. I beat the living piss out of him. Did you go back and just go to slap him around? He didn't. He didn't. It was like the moment I found him, it was like attack, attack. I mean, like wailed on him, and then he went running off to his nest mm-hmm. like like that. So I had him done within less than 10 minutes. That's, oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, all yeah. right, now I'm feeling good. Now and that fe- was by yourself. Too, yeah, right? that was by myself. Yeah. So I was feeling pretty good about that. But then I, I took that cocky energy and decided I was going to try the behemoth, which is the mm-hmm. Final Fantasy crossover enemy. And that took me back down to reality because that thing. A little humbling. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> now I, I at least like to say that on my own, I did not die. He just kept me going and kept me exhausted. And I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. Because right he is not like everything else. He shoots meteor spells. He kicks up these little tornadoes. And they, they pervade the entire space. So you can't walk into them because it'll knock you back. So okay. if you've got five or six of them laying around, that cuts 
your movement. That's your time. Yeah, yeah. You, you you have nowhere to go because he's jumping around like a little jackrabbit and you're just like, where do I go? I don't know what to do. So it became very frustrating. And I was just like, the hell with this. This is stupid. But at the same time, if you'll notice in the descriptor, they kind of mm-hmm. encourage you to find to bring along friends. So it's probably meant to have a, a group. Yeah, to fight regardless him. of rank. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I, I was I was trying because it was <laughs> like you can do this at like Hunter right. rank 16. And I thought, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. No. I probably would have tried to. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was just wanting to see if I could. And mm-hmm. I held my own, but that's about all I did. I did cut his tail off, so I had that going for me. Hey, at least he's got a memory of the fight. That's right. That's I had something, but no, that's that's about all I've been uh, playing. I don't think I tried anything else. Nope. So that's yeah, it. It seemed like it was a light week, but then I had two that ended up releasing on the same day, mm-hmm. which oddly enough was the same day that Steam went down globally for like I'm not even sure how long, uh, because there was two FMVs. I, I think I talked about this in the last one that the one got pushed back to January 30th. So then I ended up having two on the same day, whereas they were originally supposed to be two weeks apart. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so here I am like a kid on Christmas getting up that morning. Like I got my two FMVs. We're getting on it. And I try to open up steam money in my hand, throwing Mm -hmm. it at the monitor. Like, Hey, wake up. Um, But yeah, just wouldn't load. And so as I was checking, it was globally out. Apparently, you could still play games in your library. I didn't try because I had other things that I could be doing at that time anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so it was about two hours from when I noticed it. So I have no idea when it started. Wow. And uh, I should have looked it back up because as the end of that day, there was really no response from Valve, like what happened or anything like that. Like you just had to go to their data page and see where it dipped and just kind of keep an eye out for when everything was green again. Um, But we got through it. This is what happens when you live in a digital age. Typical Valve. It does make me miss physical copies when things like that happen, though, because I'm like, yep, everything. Again, you, you apparently still had access to your game, so it's not like you were at least locked from your library but right if i would have just had a disc i could have popped that bad boy in and it wouldn't have mattered if steam was down or not that's right it's it's a double-edged sword yeah, i guess yeah. that's what i'm looking the at the convenience here. is fantastic i never had to get out of my pajamas mm-hmm. you know but uh, i also couldn't play when i wanted to but first world problems i think we got through it and i'm yeah. still on the side of the grass so it wasn't that bad of a day yeah uh, so then I guess why don't we talk about some news that let's, happened this let's week. Let's do some news. All right. So there was one article that was floating around that uh, caught my eye um, and quite a few people's eye. Um, and I, I believe I did send it over to you. So I don't know if you got a chance to read it. It is kind of a lengthy article. Mm-hmm. So I was really just going to kind of summarize some of the highlights from it that I found really interesting. Hopefully we'll link that article and you'll be able to read it on your own because it really is an interesting read. Sure. Um, Kotaku had gotten um, a few different streamers and people who were involved in the esports. Uh, to help them with uh, some streaming stuff. So the big thing, Mixer, Facebook, uh, Twitch, um, 
who, who am I forget, forgetting? Is that it? Mixer, uh, Facebook, Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. Those, yeah. The, those major ones, Facebook and yeah, those four. Uh, where do we stream? It's been it's just kind of this interesting wild ride since, you know, people have started purchasing them like your, your stars out of Hollywood to be on your platform or whatever. And uh, it, it just kind of went into an interesting deep dive about how the tides are turning, where the platforms kind of sit right now, mm-hmm. and how this whole like streamer thing where we actually started um, kind of like a draft is what I've been, you know, uh, akin to uh, since you football, you trade your players, now we're doing this with streamers. Um, so it's a really long read, but it, it was kind of, uh, talking more or less about how esports might've been kind of at the heart of how we started seeing these streamers starting to, uh, be traded, if you will. Sure. Um, Devin Nash was one of the main ones that was interviewed for this article and his background is in esports, I believe as an esports agent and doing marketing and stuff, but don't quote me cause I don't know his background as well. Although I have seen him quite a bit on YouTube. Um, and that's saying that mostly like with the agents that are now handling the talent, which is the streamers these days, has been known to do business in the past. It also talks a lot about how shady some of those practices are between like the talent agents um, or has been or certain ones. So I don't want to blanket towards everybody, of course. Right. Um, but one of the first things he was talking about in that particular vein um, was that. We're in this day and age, everyone needs a talent manager when you're handling this kind of money, because I, I know from an outsider's perspective, people don't understand just how much money esports generates. And when you're uh, somebody who is the agent of one of these larger esports people, you're going to get sponsorships, right? You're going to get things thrown your way. Um, and some of the practices coming out of there, and I'm just going to paraphrase what he was saying here. Let's say you were in uh, a, a streamer and the sponsorship's offering you $10,000 to sponsor their stuff. Now, we're so baby age still in how we can like handle our own stuff in this medium because it's still such a new thing that we're seeing how they're rising to fame in this way. That when you're offered that 10K, you're probably like, oh, my God, this is super cool. $10,000 for putting on this headset that's got razor on the side or something like that. But to find out that in reality, that streamer might have actually been offered $100,000. And that talent agency, knowing that you don't know, pocketed the other 90. I can believe that. But then there was also like other fees and stuff that gets associated that's passed off to the streamer where that have been in like another thousand dollars. So in reality, for a hundred thousand dollar deal, you got nine grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it would just kind of makes you think. And, I, and I, I believe he was one to say it. And I don't know if it was on his YouTube or in this article now from Recollection. Um, but like as a larger streamer or in esports to think maybe you just have like millions of dollars sitting around that you had no idea that was actually owed to you as the talent is kind of, oh, man, that just breaks my heart to think about. For sure. Uh, I mean, but, with with a story like that coming out, you'd really expect, you would hope that these streamers would start to say, hey, I need, I need something to see beforehand or after the fact, right. and I'm not just taking this deal straight, you know, straight-faced. Tell me, show mm-hmm. me what you have. And I think we're getting to that now mm-hmm. because, I, I, I mean, as this whole thing started, who would have thought what it's evolved into today? Sure. 
you know, so a lot of them were just like kind of stabbing blind. And at most of the time, especially when it started, you were happy to be making a buck off of it regardless. So when you start getting offered these other deals, why would you think anything differently? But now we're starting to get a little bit more wise to it. And whether you like it or not, you could probably think ninja for that to some regard because of him breaking through that Mm -hmm. just being a streamer kind of ceiling um which they do go into talk about a lot with how like ninja and shroud and gathalian and all of them were making these larger deals and discussing how the money was being spent um and and, uh kind of going more into where i think it was jessica blevins and ninja that when they said hey it wasn't about the money when they made the offer or made the deal with microsoft right and and i know it's easy for us to look at and go oh sure because you got paid millions which is true um but he did also the the article does go on to explain a lot of how uh when you reach a status of that size and you really are working more on branding, that it's nice to be in a position where the deal isn't always just about the money. Like, sure, the money's great. Mm -hmm. And you know you're getting a secure deal and you're going to be fine. But in that regard, it probably wasn't about the money. Because once you become such a a large entity in the streaming space... um, it's, they, they talk a lot about that in there, the grind, the grind, the grind to stay at the top. If I don't do it today, I'm not going to get these viewers and they're not going to come back. It's breaking these habits that sometimes that if you've done it for so many years and you're aspiring to do other things with it, that being able to take that grind part out and be able to just sit down and stream just to love to stream mm-hmm. is probably a huge weight off of your back. Sure. Because when you're that large, if you were a chat interactive streamer, let's say, you're basically going <laughs> back to your roots. Because I'm sure you've gone into streams that have thousands of people. You're not going to be able to sit there and have those one-on-one conversations and connect. Everything's just moving too fast. Yeah, absolutely. So you're back to your roots, talking to yourself and doing exactly the same things you did as a beginner. And now you're just that entertainer, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of them still do pay attention to chat from time to time. But um, it becomes way more difficult. Um, so I, I, hopefully we'll link that because it it was a really interesting read and they did kind of break down where they think the platforms are at right now. Um, since we've been seeing a lot of people switching all over the place, just trying to find greener pastures, their home, um, insert whatever your reason here for was. Mm -hmm. Um, but they did kind of show later on in the article how today's day and age, the grind is just so much more difficult than it's ever been. True. And they were breaking down stats of view time watched between all of the different platforms as it sat right now. And that Twitch was actually on the decline, even though it's still King. Yeah. And I want to say the stat that he, they threw out was about still 61% of, of the views being watched for live streaming is still on Twitch which is down from where it was the year before when they were about the 70, 71% mark Mm -hmm. or two years ago, whenever the last stats came out. But what I found interesting was that the sheer volume of streamers are so much more vast that when they broke it down, the average like viewer to streamer ratio Mm -hmm. is now about 27 people to one streamer. Really? Whereas in about 2012, it was about 50 viewers per one streamer. So we just have way more people now aspiring to try to do the same thing. But the viewers aren't growing. The streamers, the amount of streamers are. So I definitely would give that a read if that's something you're interested in. Maybe you're in the streaming space and you just want to see a little bit more of a deep dive where they did talk to some of these industry professionals. And really that whole like breaking down the esports thing I thought was really interesting. 
saying that a lot of the money being spent on these different platforms was insecure of these esports teams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their contracts were up last year, which meant it freed up the wallets of a lot of these platforms. And so they decided to actually, instead of securing all these teams, grabbing specific streamers because they're not spending all this money on the esports right now. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it was just really interesting. I wouldn't have thought of it from that angle that esports really kind of played a big, bigger role, according to this article and who they were interviewing now, and how we're seeing things shape up with contracts being thrown around and all this kind right. of stuff. And YouTube just secured all of the big esports that Twitch normally would have had. So now what do you do with those people who have exclusive contracts partnered with Twitch that are also on these esports teams? Because they do go on to tell you how the talent agencies are really the ones who decide where you stream. Yeah. So it's it, it, it was an interesting read. It is very long, folks, but I do definitely recommend it if it's something you're interested in because they really went into a lot of interesting stats and broke some things down and went at it from an angle that I, I hadn't thought of before. So it was really interesting for me to see that that's how the space is starting to it's going to start changing a lot more, I think, here coming in the next year. I mean, it's it's definitely shifted a lot just with any year with Mixer kicking up a storm. <laughs> I mean, because right. they did. The moment they, they, did. they nabbed Ninja, you started to see that shift because it was like, mm-hmm. OK, now they're really making a move to be a major player. And the fact that they're pulling twitch views well that was the original hope Mm -hmm. unfortunately what we're seeing is that didn't end up being the case but and i know that we're not a year into this whole thing or whatever but um even now as it sits with those major buys in place it really seemed to grow again more streamers coming onto the platform than viewers sticking around right it's it, it, like I said, it was it was really interesting to see where they were citing their sources and breaking down all the different statistics of all of this kind of stuff, because the way that it's kind of looking right now, unless Mixer starts doing more to actually advertise and hopefully pull in a bigger viewer base, it's been quite stagnant. It did have a huge bump mm-hmm. when it initially happened, of course. And then you have this flood of people who weren't aware of it before checking it out and doing all this stuff. And so for like a month or so, it seemed to be fantastic. And then you moved over another streamer and then it seemed to be doing pretty well. But now it just kind of seems like viewers are settling back into what they call home. Sure. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what the future holds for all of that. Um, But I'm telling you, like I was saying before, I think it's going to be YouTube, man. And I'm getting confirmation from all these people, our insiders, all these articles I'm reading and stuff that are they're saying the same thing because their their live stream watch hours went up immensely. Interesting. So. Keep an eye on that space if that's something that's interesting to you, because I'm finding this whole thing fascinating. We're definitely in a different era for this, and I'm I'm curious to see how it all ends up shaking loose in the end. Sure. And, I mean, you have a, a personal stake in it. You're a streamer, too. So seeing how that, that landscape is going to change, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it might affect how you. How do we evolve with it? Sure. Is it even an evolution that I care to be a part of? You know, all of those are are legit questions to ask yourself if you're in that space. Like, exactly. yeah, maybe this isn't what it was when I originally started out, and that's okay, you know? Uh, but the other bit of news I have, Stadia's back in. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh, poor Stadia. 
so this all started with a particular Reddit thread uh, where the original poster said, it has been 40 days since Google has added or announced a new game for Stadia with the bulk added around the launch 69 days ago. Now, the 69 days ago was at the time of the post. Sure. Um, and as I'm thumbing through the rest of the post, I'm reading about how there's lack of iOS support still at this time. Family sharing apparently is still an issue. Um, and all around just not seeing a, a roadmap for when these features are going to be getting added in. So at the start, they were promised 120 games with 10 exclusives to be announced roughly in the beginning of the of the year is what I, I thought. Um, but with apparent radio silence and the money that these people were spending and the expectations that was set up for them, mm-hmm. they were not meeting these even a little bit. It was starting to wear thin on these early adopters and reading through this Reddit thread, you could tell. Um, so of course, immediately after Google did respond. Uh, They did reach out and they said that they have been, in fact, keeping up regular weekly updates on the Stadia forum and monthly recaps. Mm -hmm. That that, that did appear to be the case. Um, But after this thread picked up some traction, they almost immediately responded to it directly because you could tell a lot of it in their statement was in direct uh, quote of what was being said in the Reddit thread. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to quote what they say here because I don't want to get it mixed up. Uh, But Google states that we understand the desire to hear more specifics on the games. After all, that is what this is about, the games. Of course, not all 120 titles will be announced by the Stadia team as we leave it up to the publishers to make the announcement about their IP or games and which platforms it will appear on, just as we will do with exclusive content coming to Stadia. There are a lot of reasons for the time of those game announcements, anything from planned promotions or events, title readiness, proximity to first playable demo, shareholder requirements, etc. We continue to work closely with our publishing and developing partners and are here to support them in all areas. We are excited to share more about the exclusive games coming to Stadia soon. So it's sounding like they're saying that it's on the developers and the publishers end? Well, of course. They can't take the blame. And I, but I, I wonder, though, because, I mean, that, that would kind of make sense if you think about it, because if the developers and publishers just aren't creating whatever you would need to be able to put it on this platform, mm-hmm. it's just like if you didn't have developers willing to work on PlayStation games. Sure. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword with that as well, yeah. because they have to give these developers and publishers incentive to want to be on that platform. Why are they going to work tirelessly to put that on there if they have no reason to? I mean, if it's an easy transition, sure. Why not get it on another platform? But if it's not doing well and mm-hmm. it's going to give, I mean, it's going to put extra man hours to do that. Why bother? I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. waste my time. So it's, it's on them, but it's also on Google. Yeah. I feel like. I, there's, there's something that's disconnecting there for sure. Um, but of course... I'm, I think I'm more sad, too, for those early adopters because they had three months free of the service. Mm-hmm. And as of me writing this, um, as I was reading through it, um, two more titles should be being announced or that is coming to the library, which brings it up to seven. So I kind of feel like those with the three months founder pass, like... You didn't really get to take advantage of it. It's kind of like that's my own personal opinion. Like you had this whole time and then 
and they may have been games you already owned because of the ones that were announced with being Tomb Raider and like Red Dead Redemption 2 and the like. Mm-hmm. And that's, so I guess- that's where they should have thought ahead about their purchase. Was it going to be worth it? I mean, I remember what we all thought when we were sitting there watching that E3 announcement, too. So I guess I can't really blame people because, like, they were hawking this up to sound really cool. And in some cases, people might need the streaming alternative. Mm -hmm. I don't know these people, but I would imagine they're out there. I mean, people bought this for crying out loud or they just wanted to be ahead on the tech. You know, Um, there are those people, too, that if a new thing comes out, they just want to be able to try it and see how it's going to work. But hopefully they get this figured out. But as of right now... um, it's not looking too great well, for, uh, for Stadia in the long run. I feel like any time that we see new technology like this, because any time something gets hyped, really, really hyped in the gaming industry, it's doomed to fail. I hate to say that, but there's always something that will fail to meet whatever expectations that we give it. Yeah. Because this sounded great, it failed. Um, No Man's Sky. <laughs> Look at all that hype. But they, but maybe they've they'll gotten, go the way of and, No Man's Sky. And right? they did get better. Don't get me wrong. I'm just mean in that moment, you it's all this hype and everybody's so hyped for it. And then all of a sudden you just jump off a cliff and it's like, oh, and then here we are. Here we are. Let, I, I don't know. The Wii U. I, I always have hope <laughs> that these things will turn it around because I never want to see something like that fail. No, but, but it always happens. Well, hopefully, I just feel for you, early founders. Hopefully, they do make it right for you, and um, eventually keep improving the product so that I can stick around. If this is something you're 100 percent into, or just need as an alternative to be able to game. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but that's all I have for news. So I've got a few quickets to uh, rattle off here for us. Um, one quicket here: League of Legend tournaments delayed due to the coronavirus. All right, coronavirus is invading the gaming industry. <laughs> I when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, I didn't think that was a story I'd ever have to report on." But, but here uh, we are. Apparently, the virus has now interrupted the gaming scene, uh, with League of Legends in China having to postpone its uh, second week of the tournament due to the outbreak. Uh, they stated it was to ensure the safety and health of our players and fans. Which, at the time of writing this, the virus had spread to, I guess, over forty five hundred cases across the world. Uh, so, and obviously being in China is where the highest concentration of the, the outbreak is. So it was supposed to take place on February 5th. Um, as of the time that I'm writing this, I couldn't find a date of when it's being rescheduled. Mm -hmm. So if that was something you were looking forward to watching, keep an eye on the news, uh, for when they decide to announce when the next one or when they're going to reschedule it. All right. Resident Evil 8 rumors leak again. I'm like, I was a little weirded out when I saw it because of my truth or trash, just to be a truth or trash to have like rumors leak in the same week. <laughs> right? Like, am I a soothsayer and I don't know it? Like, <laughs> you picked up on it. <clears throat> uh, but now keep in mind, nothing I'm going to tell you right now is 100% verified. But it's fun to talk about the rumors, sure. right? Um, so there was an email leaked, uh, that Resident Evil 8 is, is in the works. Mm -hmm. Again, not verified. Um, but, uh, the rumors that we're seeing about it is that it will 
feature Ethan Winters, which is the same protagonist from Resident Evil 7. Okay. Uh, also saying that it will remain in first person. And that Chris Redfield will be in the game in some capacity. Cool. Rumors are that it might be a larger capacity than what he was in in, the, in 7. Um, so again, this is still rumors, but on January 28th, an industry insider who goes by Nigel on Twitter tweeted that the rumors had been lining up actually with what he had been seeing and saying that the possibility of zombies returning, possibly even werewolves. Okay. A new stalker enemy type. And so these were kind of things. There's also been other rumors floating around about like it being in a snowier area, a colder environment. Um, so again, all rumors, but it seems like, and I, I, I didn't want to bust the truth or trash already, but it actually was true that, that they were doing some development in 2016 with this game, but it got <laughs> completely scrapped. Oh, okay. Um, and then the rumors are that in 2019, when they started seeing things get rebooted, mm-hmm. that this is it. And the other rumors that we had been seeing is that they may not even go with like Resident Evil 8. It may not even be like a number in the series that they might be attacking it from a different angle with how they're naming their games. Um, but again, all very unverified. Um, supposedly, you know, who leaked it is good on it. Mm-hmm. They, they've leaked true things in the past, but... Um, I just want to keep emphasizing that we just don't really know, but this is the rumors floating around right now. So, Well, based on that, I do like the new setting. That sounds kind of fun to, for it to be mm-hmm. like a winter setting. That's something we've never seen. We've seen True. swamps. We've seen houses. We've seen, uh, what was that one, five, or it was like the Middle East oh, yeah. desert type, yeah. whatever. I don't know, but... That would be a unique change. I like the fact they're sticking with the Ethan Winters guy because for me, he was, it was a fresh perspective. You know, we've followed all these other characters for so long. It was nice to have a new character and a new direction. And then they still found a way to kind of come back around to what we knew. So I could kind of do without Chris Redfield. I. Not not that I don't like the character. I just feel like expand on these characters you We've introduced. Sprinkle yeah. in some of the other ones just to say, hey, there are connecting threads. But right, come stick stick with the new guy you've created because that's more fascinating to me. We don't know a lot about him. Right. Hopefully they'll be able to flesh him out a little bit more than in this one too. If all of this ends up being true. So. By the way, uh, anyone listening, if you're hearing more noise in the background, people are awake now. So it sounds like it all in force. <laughs> So forgive the noise, but we'll power on. Uh, we'll pa- we'll power through it. Uh, so next little quick it, Mortal Kombat 11 just released the Joker DLC. They did. I we apparently. I, huh? I I was hoping to play it uh, before oh, today, I and I didn't. Yet. I didn't get a chance because I heard it was the best DLC they've released thus far. That's yeah. what I've heard. I watched the trailer for his uh, for his character, and it's it's very Joker. Cool, yeah. and I'm not even like that into Mortal Kombat. I don't dislike it. It's just not a game that I gravitate towards. Right. Um, but apparently he became available on January 28th for download if you have the DLC combat pack and then available for everyone else on February 4th. So you want the Joker? Go get him. Yeah, maybe maybe I can play around with it before next week and I can kind of give a, a quick 
Hey, this nice was kind of fun. Of hot wit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So Outer Worlds will release on Switch this March. Um, and it looks like it's a uh, digital either way. So on March 6th, you can play Outer Worlds, which will retail for about 60 bucks, which is normal. Um, claim that the box copy of the game, though, will not contain a game cartridge and instead is still just the download code. Wonderful. Which I find interesting. I don't know. When I go and buy, like, in a physical store, I want the physical game. Yeah, that that's kind of the point of going to get a physical copy from the physical store. Yeah, but... Not everyone cares about that, I guess. Maybe you just wanted the box art or whatever comes with it. But I just found that a little weird that you didn't didn't get the cartridge. Um, and then let's see. Uh, Rockstar thanks its players of GTA Five and Red Dead Two Online. It's entering its seventh year, more popular than ever. And in July and August of 2019, following the release of the Diamond Casino and Resort, it broke records of bringing back more players over the holidays. YouTube played a huge role as Rockstar has seen a rise in channels creating content with GTA 5 online. So Red Dead also hit massive numbers in the same months, respectively. And in appreciation for you playing, they're giving you some nifty gifts. Uh, if you played uh, GTA online between January 30th and February 5th, you'll earn a million and have a chance to double it with another million by continuing to play from the 6th through the 12th of February. Uh, Red Dead's rewards include the Gunslinger's Cash if you play between January 28th and February 3rd. It includes a free Schofield revolver, a free varmint rifle, and a devastating ammo bundle, which includes 100 uh, split-point revolver ammo, 100 high-velocity pistol ammo, 100 express repeater ammo, 100 shotgun ammo, and 20 explosive rifles. All for free. <laughs> it's a lot uh, of the ammo. Bounty. It really is. Like, I, I probably should have just been like, and a crap ton of ammo. Um, uh, but the Bounty Hunters kit is received if played between uh, February 4th and 10th. And to get the Bounty Hunters license with the 25 bolas and 25 tracking arrows. So there you go. You play the game. They love you. Here's their thank you. Tons of free stuff. I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, CD Projekt Red put the rumors to bed about the delay of Cyberpunk 2077. Everybody's been, I guess, up in arms. Um, and so they started to speculate as why one of which the, one of the rumors was that the dev team was having issues getting the game to run on PS4 and Xbox one respectively was, I guess the biggest rumor floating around, but CD Projekt Red has come out and said, there's no hidden agendas. We're just working on making the game better. So, um, And then lastly, just wanted to give a nice little shout out. Our good friends over at Stone Lantern Games yes. are releasing Evergate into early access on February 15th. I got my Kickstarter key today. Oh, I'm going to have to check my mail. I'm so excited. I didn't expect it to come in the, in the email today, but sure enough, there it was. Uh, I got to look so. now. <laughs> ready to dive in so uh you guys i'm sure if you have been around the podcast Woo-hoo. for a while we interviewed stone lantern oh you got it too. i got it <laughs> excellent uh they're wonderful people this game is looks gorgeous the score is amazing it's a fantastic little platformer puzzle game uh go check it out for sure they have put a lot of love into it and it looks fantastic i think it's going to be great game of the year All any right. game of the year calling it i hope you're not wrong man what, what day is today so oh wait it's Actually, February 3rd. (laughs) Wink. 
So you you called it. Yeah, called it. <laughs> get that date out there. Also called it on Twitter too. So either way, it's <coughs> oh, been called. Yeah, so you've already secured it yeah. forever because mm-hmm. the internet never forgets. All right, little bit of weird news. Weird news. So I got to do so, the Todd thing. He just you know. It does seep. He does seep in. Mm-hmm. Right. He does. Like every time with the quickets, you want to be quicket, quicket. He just he I has those plus little... the urge. Mm-hmm. But it's still there, Todd. You're still in my psyche, man. Uh, (laughs) Player-created fan games isn't anything new, right? We had Black Mesa has been in development for years as a Half-Life fan-created game. GoldenEye and Sonic have had their shot. But now we have an untitled Goose Game fan-made game called Desktop Goose. What does it do? It claims it's a downloadable Goose experience for Windows. Did that help you? No. No. So you can get this game from, is it itch.io, where it's itch.io? Sure. I think that's, <laughs> Let's just a, go with that. that's how you would pronounce it. Uh, so what it does is the goose will grab your mouse cursor, track mud all over your screen, leave you messages on your notepads, and maybe even meme you. Apparently, chaos can ensue if left unattended. Lucas Risotto tweeted, and you should have seen this picture. It was quite hilarious. Mm-hmm. I left I left it on for 30 minutes. And when I came back, my computer looked like this. Geese on post-it notes were everywhere. Things were like skipping all over the place. So it seems like you've trolled yourself. So it's a screensaver in a way. It's what it's looking like. Like, it's like you download it, and then it just takes over your computer. And just tears it apart, huh? (laughs) And just acts like the goose inside your PC. You know, someone's going to find a way to turn it into a virus. Um, If it's not already. Yeah. Can't confirm nor deny. I don't know. Yeah, be be careful, people. Don't don't just download stuff you don't... All really for the love of the goose. Yeah, you know, the, I know the, we all love the goose. Yeah, the goose is not worth it. Uh, but apparently, if you download this game, uh, you're immediately met with regret. <laughs> so the only way <laughs> to get rid of it is holding down the escape key to fight the goose off. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever wanted to uh, have all of those things you did as the goose out in the game done to yourself, here you go. Flipping the script. All right. Ready for a little truth or trash? Give it to me. I have two. Two. I have two. All right. So we've already been talking a little bit about this earlier in, uh, just today uh, with Rockstar and GTA 5. Mm-hmm. But I've seen rumors that GTA 6 has now been confirmed due to a recent tax filing from Rockstar. Since Rockstar hasn't filed anything since GTA 5. Mm-hmm. Rockstar is absolutely filing for GTA 6. What do you think? I'd say this is true. We've we've been hearing these rumors and hearing these rumors up to this point. So many have been floating mm-hmm. around out there. It's time. I would think so. It's been, what, seven years? Yeah, now, it, it's, years, it's but... long overdue. It's time. And, and kudos for them for not just pumping them out. You know, right. I, I give them credit for that, but it, five is done. I, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's way... That, the online, man, though, and, it's crazy. And you've got new consoles coming up. Prime time to, to whip oh, out, for sure. you know, this new one and, and really show them what you got. So it's time. 
I'm actually surprised that we're still waiting on it, really. I know they've said why off and on over the years, but... I mean, you take a look at the work they did on Red Dead 2. That's true. It was impressive. Which is amazing. So, given that this could be even more impressive, Mm -hmm. go by, you know, GTA 5 was PlayStation 3, impressive. Yeah. Red Dead 2, PlayStation 4, impressive. Next generation, GTA 6, even more impressive. I'm sure. We will see ball shrinking like nobody's business. No, like you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Love even it. better, since it's GTA, we'll see nipples harden. <gasps> That's true. Yeah. It's not just it about the balls anymore. We got to we gotta even it up. All the YouTube videos of just the underside of things now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the next content creation. Uh, and then the next bit of Truth or Trash, yes. Kojima has officially announced that his next game will, in fact, be a horror game. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give that a truth because I know that it was something he was working on, so it's not like it's outside of his wheelhouse. And he could definitely do some, as confusing as his games are, he would mess mm-hmm. with your head to uh, oh, an insane man. degree with a horror title. So, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. I hope it's, it really is true, true, true. I right. I mean, again, I wouldn't play it because I'm a wuss, but I would watch it. I don't know why there's such a difference for me with playing scary and just watching scary. Well, I can't control it. I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you because if I feel like a lot of horror games here lately, they have a they have something going for them that I can't get into them. Like, I mean, it's not written necessarily about the fear factor. It's... They just feel like such a slog. And it's just like, oh my God, because all you're trying to do is try to scare me. But, oh, my God, I got to walk in this room and I got to go look for this. And, oh, my God, I don't know where to go because something's chasing me. And it's just like, Exhausted. I just want to do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get that adrenaline rush. And I don't mind it, but I want something to continually be going on, not just me slowly walking around somewhere trying to find something, you know. Mm-hmm. Make me genuinely scared about something as I'm trying to play the game. And we have seen proof he knows how to create that atmosphere, mm-hmm. even if it didn't get a follow through. Sure. Um, so, all right. I unfortunately didn't find anything for I'd buy that for a dollar. No, that's fine. Nothing. I, nothing. You know, it's cool it's hard. Me. There's there's yeah. sometimes you can find good stuff. Other times you don't find anything at all. I will keep scouring, though. But I did try my hand to get it. Name that game. Woo! And we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Your first game. Okay. Get ready for a game so stupid, you would rather show your browser history than admit that you like it. It's lots of action. Explosions, yes. It's a penis tank in the trailer. What? You need more reasons to play this game. We have challenging gameplay with instant response. Silly plot with voice acting so bad it will make you cringe. We don't actually know which one is worse. Explosions, because everybody loves explosions. Original gags. Terrible, but original. Did we say penis tank? Now we're sure you want to play it. So here's a list of things this game doesn't have. 3D helicopters. Answers to... Will Trump start World War III? 
a proof that Hitler knew about the concentration camps or a diet plan for your mama who is so fat she broke your family tree. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in. Is this game? <laughs> Do you need a moment to absorb that? <laughs> Penis tank? What is? Yeah. Okay. But what, you know, you've always wanted and then the, a penis tank. The, the, the fact that we had to know what's not in the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go ahead. I'm sure there's a lot more than that, too, because that's really still just a small list. <laughs> but is this game A, two ninjas jump for balance, B, retrieve cup of balance, C, two ninjas, one cup, D, Two ninjas, one penis tank. Okay. So it's got to be two ninjas. <laughs> um, I cannot ima- I know they said penis tank a lot, but I don't see them saying that in their title. So I'm going to go with A, two ninjas jumping for the ballot or whatever. J- jumping for balance? Jumping for balance. All right. The answer is C. Damn it. Two ninjas, one cup. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I actually watched the trailer a few times trying to make the connection. Mm -hmm. And everything they said about their game is absolutely true. I almost recommend people watching the trailer because the voice acting is the worst I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even sure that it was a game. I mean, I, I, I just want to look at the, the trailer just out of sheer curiosity because penis tank. Yeah. Oh, that was actually I did kind of giggle at that because mm. I'm a child, though. Sure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have our moments, you know, it's got to succumb to some stupid humor once in a while. That's fine. Speaking of dumb humor, you ready for your next game? <laughs> I don't know. After penis tank, I'm, yeah. I'm really... I mean, it can only go up from there. Sure. Uh, so, this next game. This is a game... This is going to be really hard to read. You've had those. This is a game, the first rule of which is to consider it being a part of everybody's matter rather than a game. No idea what I just told you, but that's there. Fuzishi spends his time on a toilet reflecting on his past mistakes and his life in general. Why is he thinking about callous black or smooth surfaces? Why are some people telling lies of this earth? He's got used to the soft toilet seat and warm floor under his feet. It's now November and Fuzishi, I hope I'm saying the name right, unconsciously invites you to think with him. In this game, you'll experience a life of a man that sits on his toilet for a month straight, Help the protagonist finish all his sneaky business and think upon the question such as, what is life? Hold the space bar to decide on the hero's fate, and at the end of a toilet day, you will see Fuzishi's face, which might be sad as well as happy. It goes on to describe its features, which I just thought was funny that they had to put that in the description. But I do want to add there is more than one ending. Okay. Is this game (laughs) A, Poopy Philosophy, B, P with Plato, C, Fusishi gets squishy, D, Philosophy. Oh my God, please let it be D. <laughs> Is that your answer? Yes. D, Philosophy. It is A, 
poopy philosophy. What? You had... You know what? It's just like you always say about me. There's always a better title out there, and we come up with it, and then they come up with some stupid name like poopy philosophy. That sounds like the most childish thing. Like, that sounds something like a kindergartner would... I, I wrote a book. It's called Poopy Philosophy. And just to say, it took me five minutes just to look up the names of philosophers to try to make plays on names. Just saying. But they were so much better. (laughs) But I'm just saying, that's all the time it took me. It was like, let's see if I can find a philosopher whose pun, you know, you could have done it too. (laughs) Yeah. But. Okay. um, And your last game. I actually did three. Woohoo. You ready? Because you might miss this one. You need park your car, but it won't be easy. Do it fast because time is running. So now we have the gameplay features for you if you like. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was it? That was it. You need park That's car because right. say that again. You need park your car, but it won't be easy. Do it fast because time is running. You need park your car. It won't be easy. Okay, continue. Yeah, uh, so the gameplay features, because I guess since they didn't have enough description, which is why I went ahead and added it to this one, mm-hmm. uh, you can customize your car, you can upgrade your car, there's more than 40 levels, you can buy a new car, you can get an easy achievement, and a custom achievement. <laughs> Try your best, don't give up. Is this game... <laughs> All right. A... Woman driver, B, blonde driver, C, park fast, D, parking simulator. I mean, the first two sound pretty sexist, but it is the gaming world. Um, You're not wrong. I'm going to go with C, park fast, that maybe they were just trying to go park fast. I mean, the description's fast. Everything's short. Yeah, just park fast. Yeah. That's it's just park fast. The answer is B, blonde driver. Well, yeah, I should have known. I should have. I tried finding where those two things connected in their game with watching the trailer and stuff, and I don't see. I guess it's you're supposed to assume since you're blonde. You're a dunce. <laughs> and we're running into things, but it legit was a parking simulator. Wow. Like, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they just they <laughs> don't surprise. They shouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise me at all. Steam is a gold mine, guys, mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. And I think you can buy it for like 47 cents right now if you want to. Well, let's let's all go give this... Uh, piece of garbage, 47 cents. And he's probably only going to make like three cents on it because of like the whole. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? So. To hell with him and his stupid game. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it. All right. So it's time for some release dates. Sorry, guys. Last week, you might have noticed I didn't do it. Or if you didn't. Hey. Whatever. I just outed myself. It lays, it was I did her the first work, day. if that makes you feel yeah, better. Yeah, she did. She did put in the work. say it. She just, she had a momentary lapse of, you know, how, th- it was her first time. It was the first time. If she'd been doing this for weeks by now, and then she forgot release dates, then you can be like, hey, what the hell, then man? Then I'm canceled. But it's cool. It's cool. It just, yep. 
It happens. All right, so hit me with the release date. I was more frustrated with myself because I'm like, damn it, I took the time <laughs> and put it all together, you know. Uh, but release date. So uh, first off, I'm going to start with the PlayStation games for the month of February. You're going to get some Bioshock, The Sims 4, and a game called Firewall Zero Hour. So if you've got uh, your PlayStation Plus, that's the games that you're going to get for the month of February. Um, and continuing on with PlayStation, games releasing in the, uh, for February 4th, we have Zombie Army 4 Dead War, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game three, Maximum, <laughs> the official one, I know, Maximum Football 2019, and The Sims 4 Tiny Living will finally be coming to your uh, PlayStation 4 console. And on Xbox One, Monster Energy Supercross, Maximum Football 2019, and The Sims 4 Tiny Living. All of those on February 4th. And let's see, February 5th, we have The Seventh Sector coming out of PlayStation and Xbox. The Switch on February 4th has The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistant Tactics, Monster Energy Supercross, and Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Whatever that is. Uh, February 6th out of PlayStation is Arcade Archives Saint Dragon. That felt really hard to say for some reason. Uh, (laughs) And then also on the Switch on February 6th, Code, colon, Realize Guardian of Rebirth. Kuna, Nerved, S-E-N-789, Knights and Bikes, and Arcade Archives, St. Dragon. And the rest is on the Switch. For February 7th, The Town of Light, Deluxe Edition, The Touring Test, Crash Drive 2, Marooners, and E-Q-Q-O. It's all capitalized, so I'm assuming that's abbreviations for something about the game. And then on February 8th, also out of Switch, we're done with PlayStation and Xbox for the week. Sorry, guys. Those were your games. Uh, But February 8th on the Switch is E-L-E-A Paradigm Shift. On February 10th out of the Switch, you have Help Me Doctor. And on PC is everything I just mentioned and 20 million D more. So I didn't want to mention them all because I hadn't heard of about when I started reading like 30 of them. I'm like, I'm done here. So if you have PC, just like refresh Steam and you'll find like 40 more on any given day this week. (laughs) So no big AAA releases. So coming into February, a little light. I'm I'm used to hearing Switch for 20 minutes. It was still the bulk of the release dates this time, but yeah, yeah. Well, outside of that, figure we can move into the headliner of the show. I had the pleasure of playing not for broadcast. Yes. Um. Anybody who's been around me for any length of time knows my love of FMVs. Mm-hmm. I make no apologies for it. Um, so the latest one from the dev team, not games published by tiny build. I was intrigued so uh, so much. So like I played the free dialogue, uh, they had a prologue that you could play a little early that I played like five times. So needless to say, I was ready to play this game when it finally released on January 30th. Uh, so as this game is, you are a work in a newsroom. You're the editor, 
you control what's being shown on the screen at any given time to your viewing audience at home. This is an early access release. I do want to mention that up front. Um, this does only contain the three levels so far. The final game will have hours and hours of branching content is what they're saying and probably will fill your SSD as their quote. And it's how nice of them to assume I have an SSD. I really like that. Uh, so they do let you know right away that this isn't the final project with plans to update graphics, footage, music, UI, and mechanics. So basically everything is what it sounds like. Uh, so what I'm writing about today may not even be relevant in a few months, but let's talk about the game we have so far either way. Uh, so the first thing I noticed, having played the prologue, I thought maybe I could just continue my save where I had already nailed it because I will be going into how the gameplay here, uh, game plays here in just a moment, but I hit load game and nothing was there. Okay, fine. No big deal. Sometimes this happens when a new game release, especially when it's, you know, coming into early access. So, okay, I'll start a new game. I hit new game, go to title it the same as one of the games I've probably already played. And it said, um, I couldn't rewrite over a save file. So I'm thinking there's a bug there because like the game wants me to load my save file, but it also isn't showing up when I hit that. So hopefully that's something that can get addressed in some form or fashion. I did see on the Steam forums, though, some people talking about how to actually go into your folder to like delete your old ones. So this wouldn't be a, a thing. I'm just going to hold out and see if they patch it. I, it's not that big of a deal to me to go through all of that rigmarole. Um, so the game opens with you staring at a broadcast room and with several screens in front of you. It's 1980s Britain, and in this alternate, uh, alternate version of reality, you are the run, one running behind the scenes. You're the one flipping the switches, allowing what the viewer sees at home. The phone rings. You answer. You're told, sorry, mate, you have to run the news tonight. And the voice walks you through what is now in front of you. There's a bar at the top, which is your viewer bar. Just think of it like a health bar, if you will. As long as you keep that going up, you're doing pretty good. Now you have six screens to manage. Off to the left are screens one through four, which is the ones that you can rotate through as you're showing them to the viewers at home, which feeds into the master. Uh, and you just do that by with your number pad one through four, or you can use your mouse if you'd like. Uh, the middle screen is what you are seeing on show currently with a slight delay to the sound by like two seconds. You, you do hear sound twice, and I'll explain more on that later. And the main screen to the far right is what is actually being fed to the viewers at home. So this is your tutorial. The voice then asks you to turn to the left and you have plugs that control everything for the power in the studio, the fans, lighting everything up, you name it, even for your ads to play in the middle or at the end of your new segments. So right now, just simply turn it on. It's election night. All eyes are on the news. You are given instructions on how to proceed. Keep the camera on who is talking as best you can. Make sure you mix it up. Don't stay on the camera for longer than 10 seconds. Uh, basically... Have you watched TV? Just make it look like that. And then he leaves you alone for a while. If there's a good reaction shot, try to fit it in, but don't hold it for longer than three seconds. Audiences will get too bored. It's definitely a balancing act. The more mechanics they add in and the further along you go. But before you, uh, but before you start, don't forget to look below because now you can load up those adverts people will see. You choose of three VHS tapes in front of you, load them in, and it's go time. It starts off easy enough, though. Your anchor, Jeremy, is giving the rundown of the news that's going to be reported that evening. Easy enough. Stay on him. Don't worry. Dave is still with you, helping you out in the phone on your ear on the right. As the prologue plays out, 
the tutorial, you find out a little bit of the backstory here that a new leftist government is rising up, calling itself advance, and you are the one controlling how it is all perceived. Will you show this government in a favorable light? Favorable light? Will you mess with everything and get fired? The tutorial takes you through how to handle multicam shots, how to censor when, as they say, fruity language is used. And certain times of the broadcast, you'll get some interference in the feed, which you have to avoid with a mini game on the right-hand side moving. Looks like a circle up and down to avoid these little green boxes that'll come by, which is to symbolize the interference. So as long as you avoid going through that, then the screen won't get all fuzzy. The tutorial is very thorough. I will give them that. I finished the feeling like I truly understood what my objective here was, whether I did it well or not. That is another story that is completely on me. So if you remember me mentioning that there was a delay in sound, how we have the center screen, which is showing what you're putting onto the viewers. Two seconds later, that's going to the right side, which is what the viewers see at home. This is for the censoring mechanic. As the prologue goes on, you're doing another scene where you're on the, uh, on site with the two leftist people who were just hired. They're addressing the nation on the news. And so one of them is hammered. And you're like, oh, great. We're going to have to censor. So every time bad language was used, you have a two-second delay. So you can choose to do this one of two ways. You can do it as they say, as the professionals do it. You'll hear it count to two, and then as you're hearing it the second time, you'll hit the space bar to censor just over that word. And the reason why they say to do it that way, that way you can constantly keep your eyes on the other screens so you can see if you need to be swapping between who's talking or reaction shot or something like that. Or they do kind of have a little cheat for you on the bottom screen that it shows wave bars and the sensor bar will go bing. And then if you look, you can just hold the space bar down over the red portion of the white wave line, which is to indicate where the curse word was. Um, but that does make it increasingly harder to keep your eye on the screen in case something interesting is happening. And boy, oh boy, do interesting things happen to you as you're watching these screens. They put a lot of time and love in these FMV sequences, I can definitely tell. So it does become quite chaotic. As I've mentioned, you're keeping an eye on who is talking. You're flipping around to the action. You're listening for swear words. You're making sure no interference is happening. All in all, the chaos becomes so much, I almost panicked and folded. I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of scenes where I was just like, this, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. But you will miss things. And especially if you're a me, an American citizen, that doesn't know that bollocks was a naughty word. I think it's interesting coming out of Britain. They're allowed to use the C word, but I got to censor bollocks. I mean, it seems to pass over here fairly common. So, <laughs> I always know. would thought we use bollocks in place of, but so I missed a couple of swear words just because I didn't know a swear words because apparently like saying fanny in Britain is a little bit more of a bad word too. As is to explain, not so much the back as the front when they're saying that over there. So I was like, oh. So another word I didn't know to bleep until I heard pop. And I'm like, what am I bleeping? And he didn't say anything. Wow. Uh, so I keep that in not, mind. I would have not pegged Fanny as a. I wouldn't have. Okay. Well, hey, now so, we know. We're exactly. learning. Exactly. Differences aside with language we use from country to country. Oh, let's see. At the end of the first section, you're brought to the archive. So now as we play through the first one, because I try to keep my reviews as spoiler free as possible, um, you can go to the archives. Because as you can imagine, with all the chaos that's happening on the screen, as soon as you flip to a commercial at the end, 
there's a lot of drama that's still happening on the news set that you can't hear right now because you're stuck in the newsroom and there's a commercial playing. But maybe you really badly want to know what all those extra little goodies that they put in. Once you're finished with one of the editing sequences, you are able to go to a screen that'll send you to the archives. And now that's where they keep everything. You can watch all of the different stuff that was happening whilst you were having to pay attention to other things. And I highly recommend doing that. Same with the adverts that they recorded for this game. Definitely give them a look-see. It, it, it was really a lot of fun. Um. So the rushes is another section that you can go to if you just want to see how well you cut everything together. So it'll show you the entire video of how you edited it. And wow, do I make some sharp edits? I don't know that people would watch mine because I would panic if someone started to talk too fast after another one. So it's like one second and two second. And you're just watching the screen flip all over the place. I'm like, I am not good at this yet. Um, so after you've gone to the rushes, you've watched your ads, you've done the editing room, so there's lots of little extras built in there. Please look at them all if this is something you're going to pick up. The part of the game now that I felt was a little out of place is in between sections of your editing, days pass. And this is where you learn your backstory as the person in the newsroom. And this is all presented in a dialogue-based gameplay, kind of like a text RPG. So in written dialogue, you are told a story about how you get a form from an unexpected source answering a few questions about yourself. Your name is Alex and your spouse is Sam. You have two teenagers, Charles and Susie. I kind of dig that they did the gender neutral names and they do say they the whole time. So you can, as a player, place yourself in however you see fit. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because I'm going to say Chris, who is your sibling-in-law. So, so you know who I'm talking about. So they come to you freaking out because basically they didn't pay their taxes and advance is going to get them. Chris wants your passport so they can get out of town. And the reason why they want your passport is because apparently people have always said you two look an awful lot alike, which is a little weird to me knowing it's your like wife, husband's whatever, brother slash sister, and you look a lot alike. But whatever. So you can decide here if you want to give them your passport or not. This just kind of sprinkles in a little bit more backstory for you. Um, this tends to go on for a while in certain sections. It almost felt like two different games at one point because you have such fast action with these FMV sequences that we're editing and, and going through all of this tomfoolery. And then we sit down to play an RPG. It's kind of how it felt because of how long it would go in the between. I kind of appreciate, I guess, the fact of wanting to give me as the player a backstory. I just don't know that it was necessary or into the detail that it was. But this is just my opinion. It just felt a little shoehorned in to give a little bit of extra stuff to it. Um, but after all is said and done, after these sequences, you can make money to upgrade your studio throughout the game. And you make money depending on how well you did editing duties in the newsroom. So at the end of each one, you're given a score. A plus is the highest. I managed an E on one of them. <coughs> Not to brag or anything, but uh, 
kind of makes me wonder how bad I can get without getting outright fired. <laughs> uh, but you can get like toys for your desks to make it look a little more homey or upgrades to your system like auto bleep or an interference filter, etc. Um, so again, without heading into too many spoiler areas, you do have the pleasure of editing some wonderfully created FMV sequences. I was talking about this before. You can tell the dev team took the time to record various angles to give you options in the broadcast station. And once you have four screens to manage with all of this stuff happening all over the place, this is where it gets really fun. One example I will give is where a high school musical team is being interviewed in the newsroom and would like to show off their play for the audience at home with music and choreography, line drops and prop mishaps. All editing around becomes quite insane. And don't forget, they might have added newsroom feed for you in the middle of those cameras. So you might accidentally click to an anchor who is shaking his head and cursing that this is even happening on the stage at all. Uh, you do get bonus points in that section for being able to edit to the beat of the music that they're singing to, too, by the way, which added an extra layer. Um, that is the section I've gotten an E in, and I don't know how to improve that score. <laughs> I just don't. It was really hard, but in a good way. I'm not complaining. Like, I'm not complaining at how hard that was. It made it a lot of fun. So all in all, in my opinion thus far, I, I could have gone with a lot more newsroom situations, as you could tell from my talk, and a little less on the role play questions in between. Um, we don't need the backstory necessarily, but if you insist on having one, maybe there's just a more clever, creative way that we could put it in uh, without having to break it up so, uh, so much there. Um, the FMV sequences in the editing room just really shines in this game. I loved those parts so much. The tomfoolery of it all was just right up my alley. For my childish humor. <laughs> so it does get extremely hectic. It's tough and I like it. And with all the feedback that they get, I truly hope that they don't nerf the game. I just hope that they don't get feedback that it's too hard. I think they've balanced the, the level difficulty really well. And I think that should stay. A um, couple of things that I would like to note since they did say that they were looking for feedback. If you do happen to be listening to this podcast, because I thoroughly did enjoy the game. But if you played through the game once, there was no option to go back and play any of the sequences in a free play mode, which I would really like to do. So let's just say I want to sit down and just play one of the sections just for fun that maybe once you've played through it once, you have an unlocked area where you can just simply edit, which has no ties to the storyline that you're doing at that time. Um, and this also, I mean, you can replay it. I should take that back, but it has to be done in the moment. So as soon as you're done with that sequence, in the upper left corner, it will say replay and give you a countdown timer. So that would be your moment. But I'm just thinking like if I just felt like messing around in the editing room just for the sake of playing with that mechanic, I think that would be a cool thing to add since it's already in the game, just a button to access it. Because um, as it stands right now, once you've hit continue, you're just locked into those choices for that playthrough. Um, so I ended up having to play the entire game again to get to the sequence that I wanted to improve a score on or something. So yeah, just, just food for thought, just food for thought. Um, and also a nice thing to add would be opting out of the tutorial. Like, so if you have played it, unfortunately for someone like me who played the prologue five times, like having to do it again was just kind of maddening. Um, or at least to turn off his voice. That would be my only other option, like to turn off the tutorial voice or not and just let me play. And also would be really cool in VR. Just saying. The way it's all set up to, for to be sitting in the news desk and everything like that, 
I think it would be a really awesome VR game as well. All in all, though, I say go support this game. If you like FMVs, if you like tomfoolery, if you like kind of crazy editing, if you want really dumb, silly storylines that are popping up across the news station at all given times of the day, I highly recommend it. Um, Obviously, with their support, the more that they'll be able to create with the game. But if you're the type that doesn't like to buy into early access and the off chance that it doesn't get finished, I don't blame you. But as it sits right now, you can get 10% off if you want to buy it. Um, and join their Discord and go poke them and tell them things that you loved about it and and maybe things you didn't if that's something they want to hear about too. But it's a big yes for me. I liked it. Wonderful. Yeah. So. I mean, it de- definitely does have a, a very unique flavor to it. But most FMVs, I mean, they can they can do something different. But a lot don't. I. Yeah. I. It, it was just. It was such a cool premise. And and I think that's the reason why the role playing section kind of threw me off so hard because it wasn't something that I had ever seen advertised in the trailer or anything for the game. So like when it showed up, it was fine, but the length of time it went on seemed weird and out of place. So that's why it just kind of felt like two different games were happening. And I'm not coming from a place of, oh, she just doesn't like to read her games. Hello, I loved Disco Elysium, and that's all you do. Okay, so like I, if I'm sitting down playing a a role-playing game, totally, 100%, I'm in it. Um, I was expecting FMV tomfoolery, and so like I think it was just just kind of threw me off a little bit because it wasn't what I was thinking was happening in the trailer. But not a bad idea to give us backstory. Um, But yeah, loved it. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Um, so that's our show. Yep. Uh, everyone can hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash. Send us an email if you'd like at super, super Mega Crash at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. It'll happen one day, I think. It'll happen one, one day. One day, one day, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram to view our weekly icon art that Stephen put so much time and love into. Support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions if you'd like to support the show. Tell your friends to find us on Pencil and Paper Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and even youtube.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Thank you for listening. I am Lacia Finley. And I am Stephen White. Sorry for being so quiet. (laughs) But until then, see you next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.